0: Welcome to the Three Tomatoes Happy Hour. And we do love happy hour and the clinking of glasses and cheers to all you fabulous women who are fully living your lives at every age and every stage. And here's the best news every hour is happy hour. So whether you clink cheers with your coffee mug or your afternoon cappuccino, remember, as the song says, it's five o'clock somewhere. Join us for some grown up fun, interesting, and stimulating conversations that will motivate, inspire, or just make you laugh and for more grown-up fun visit our website the three tomatoes and the three is spelled out and sign up for our newsletters now sit back and relax and enjoy the episode welcome to the three tomatoes happy hour podcast I'm Cheryl Benton and I'm your host of this episode And if you're feeling stressed, and really, who isn't these days, and if you want to live a healthier life in body, mind, and spirit, our guest today will help empower us to do just that. Cheryl Jones was recently named one of the 12 most powerful women of the mindful movement. She has a master's degree in health and exercise science and was once the personal trainer to Jackie Kennedy Onassis. And then she went into mindfulness training and became a certified health and wellness coach. For over a decade she headed up Aetna's wellness and mindfulness strategies and she's the author of two books. One is called Thriving When Your Cosmic Egg is Cracked. I love that title. (laughs) And the other one is Mindful Exercise A Bridge Between Yoga and Exercise. And these days, she has a thriving business whose mission is to help women feel empowered to build resilience and to thrive forward. So welcome, Cheryl.
1: Thank you so much for having me, Cheryl.
0: Well, I'm delighted and you have a great name too, and we even spell it the same way. Correctly, I might add. (laughs) So I'm really excited to have you here today to talk about mindfulness. So first, though, I want to tell the audience a little bit about how I met you through a mutual friend of ours. And she told me about your free Monday Zoom mindfulness and meditation sessions. And I have to confess, I have done so many starts and stops (laughs) <laughs> with meditation. But then when my friend said to me, look, it's only 15 minutes, it's at noon, and I thought, you know what, I could commit to 15 minutes. I think I could do that. So I've given it a world, and I have to say, it's, it's really great. And what I loved about, when I attended the first one, you said something that really resonated with me, and that was that It was all about being able to take a pause break and I think we all need that so much in our crazy hurried days and it really has done that for me and it's 15 minutes even though I think I have a lot to learn about it but just sitting quietly for 15 minutes in the middle of the day. Um, I think it's really helpful. And we'll get back to that in, in a minute. But I want to talk about the whole concept of mindfulness with you because we've been, it, it seems like we've been hearing about mindfulness living in the moment forever and ever. You know, Oprah, I think we all started to hear it first somewhere decades ago from Oprah and, of course, many other people. But I honestly think a lot of us are still really confused about what that means, and more importantly, what the benefits are. So let's first start with how mindfulness helped you navigate a very difficult and turbulent time in your, in your life, which you wrote about in your book, Thriving When Your Cosmic Egg Is Cracked, A Mindful Journey. So can you share with us what, what happened?
1: Sure. I, I'm, I'm glad to share that with hopes that it will and maybe inspire other people. And I'll just give the bullets here. Um, but I'll just back up and say that I, before a bunch of stressful things happened, I had been going down this path to learn more about the body-mind connection. As you had mentioned, I had been personal trainer, exercise physiologist, and my, my focus and how I helped people was very much body centered. And I became very curious about, you know, what is this connection between the body and the mind? And that was what drew me to mindfulness. I had read a book by uh, Dr. John Kabat-Zinn. This was back in 1995. <laughs> wow. Wherever you go wherever you go, there you are. And Without exaggerating, that book really changed my life because I never thought that as a mover that I could ever sit still. I never even really wanted to. I had all these preconceived ideas of you know what I thought meditation was and I just never thought I was capable. I wasn't even really interested. But I did realize that I had quite a bit of stress in my life like we all do. That's just part of life, right? And I thought, hmm, I could probably benefit by understanding what this is. And that was really how I got started with John Kabat Zinn's program that's called Mindfulness Based Stress Reduction. And what I can say is thank goodness, thank God, thank the universe <laughs> that I was drawn to that because it really did helped me to survive the most turbulent time of my life. I had just recently been married and our kids, you know, i had two children. They were at the time seven and 10. And my husband at the time was indicted for a number of white collar crimes. And it to me came out of, I don't want to say it came out of nowhere, but it kind of did. Like there were some things that were going on that I questioned and, you know, we had conversations, but I never understood how bad it was until here we are at my son's seventh birthday party. And, you know, it's all over the front page of the Hartford Current. And that was when my cosmic egg began to crack. It was a very uh, embarrassing, painful, shameful. Um, you know, even if you don't do something wrong, you're with somebody who's doing things that are wrong. Right, so. right. Horrifying. And I was always the kind of person that oh, I'm not a rule breaker. <laughs> like follow the rules, like never want to get in trouble. So I thought, hmm, what's the lesson here? <laughs> and it was really terrible for a long time. Um, I went through a terrible divorce And uh, his incarceration uh, for 10 years, I raised our children by myself. Um, I had to file for bankruptcy at the time. I was a stay at home mom. And it was just truly, it was one loss after the next. And of course you can imagine, you you lose a lot of friends in that kind of process. Um, So it was a very lonely, painful journey. And if it weren't for the fact that I had some underpinnings and I knew um, how to deal with stress, thank goodness, from my mindfulness training that um, I didn't have a nervous breakdown. I didn't need to be medicated. And I'm not saying that to be braggy or anything. It's just right. You need that. Um, I believe everybody should do whatever they need in the moment to take care of themselves but I'm just saying as a sort of a testimonial to it's interesting that I didn't need that and it wasn't that I just sat around meditating all day I was doing a lot of things that helped me to take care of myself and my children through that journey and then 10 years later I decided that maybe I was ready to write about it and every chapter in my book has a little reflective exercise because the whole point is that I want my readers to take a parallel journey with me so that it's not just my story, you know, at the end of the day, if it's interesting, really, who cares? It's how do we apply the learnings to our own trauma um, that we experience in life? And so that was really the motivation behind writing the book and um, truly hope that it, it does help a lot of people.
0: Wow. Well, that is quite the story, and I definitely want to read the book, and I'm sure everybody listening right now does, too. And really, I think it was even though you were going through this journey in mindfulness, I think it was very brave of you to write your story, and I'm sure that had to have been kind of painful for you, too, to relive the difficult parts. But um, it sounds like it's a really important book that could really help anyone going through a stressful time and gosh knows you yours was mega stressful so I'm sure that could help a lot of us. So thank you for giving giving us some of that background and, and how you used mindfulness. So let's talk first. How do you define mindfulness?
1: It's it's such an important question and I'm gonna come at this again from my background in training. And so the lens that I see mindfulness through is because of my training in mindfulness-based stress reduction. So here's how I understand mindfulness. It is a particular way of engaging in life. And if we had to boil it down to three words, it would be present moment awareness. So how can we be awake and aware to whatever is happening around us in the moment and also within us? And so we say a way of living because when you live with present moment awareness, um, you know, you just sort of feel like you're more connected to what is happening um, at any given moment in time. And so that's sort of mindfulness. What is mindfulness? Awake and aware of whatever's happening within us and around us in the moment. How do we develop that capacity? The beauty is that we all have this capacity for awareness within us. It's an innate part of being a human being, but it's really not something that our, uh, our social conditioning draws out of us. Everything is, you know, in school about learning and intellect. But this capacity for awareness is a whole nother, a whole other kind of intelligence. And so the way that we strengthen this capacity for awareness in the moment is through mindfulness meditation. And I say mindfulness meditation because there are many different kinds of meditation. And this is what I know about, just like, you know, there are many different kinds of exercise. And I think what's been confusing to your earlier point, Cheryl, is People get confused about what is mindfulness, what is meditation, what is mindfulness meditation, how is mindfulness meditation different from other meditations.
0: Right, right. There's a lot going on here to unpack, right?
1: Yes, there really is. And the way I would think of it, again, drawing from my background in exercise science, is if you think about exercise, there are a lot of different kinds of exercise that you could do depending on what you are wishing to accomplish. So if you want to be more aerobically fit and have a stronger, healthier heart, then you're not gonna lift weights. You're gonna do some type of cardiovascular exercise. Maybe you're gonna jog or snowshoe or cross country ski or cycle. If you wanna be stronger, you're gonna lift weights. If you wanna be more flexible, you're gonna stretch or do yoga. So those are just some examples of if we took that same thinking to, hmm, what kind of meditation would I like to try? And I, I offer that people try different forms and see what works for you, but to understand that there are different kinds of meditation and mindfulness very specifically is an awareness practice. And not all meditations are designed to be or created to be an awareness practice. They have different ways of calming the body, but they might not be an awareness practice.
0: Well, that's one of the things that I find really fascinating about what you're doing is the mindfulness with the meditation and the awareness piece. And it just seems to me it's, Especially in the, in the times that we live in now where everyone is glued to their screens that um, we're most of the time not in the moment. We're off someplace else and all you have to do is to <laughs> go to a restaurant. I mean, I, I've seen so many times I'm in a restaurant and it's people of all ages, but I remember not long ago there were people. Uh, uh, there was a table of two two young women in their twenties sitting someplace and a couple of guys sitting in a corner around this age group. They're having dinner. They were all on their phones during the entire dinner. It was just it was just incredible that, you know, you can be with people and you see people with their kids like this too, where, you know, you know, the kids are looking for attention and mom or dad is on their phone and I think we're all really guilty of it. And it's so much easier <laughs> or more difficult these days to get so caught up with our devices and, and, and that you've got to answer every text or be on Facebook every second that you're dealing with some other life that's not your real life. So to me, this, I, I think this is so important, everything that you're doing to help us learn to be more aware and be in the moment.
1: Well, it's interesting the examples that you're drawing upon. It's it's where we've landed with social media, where we've landed with technology, all of the unintended consequences that have come as a result of having this technology, which can be fabulous, and it can help us to be connected to each other like we are right now, having a meaningful right. conversation, and at the same time, it's like, who's running who? Is, is life now what happens through our phone? Or is life, um, are, are we in charge of using our phones as a tool to help us to enjoy life the way that we want to? And so for me, having a mindfulness practice is noticing what is the impact? So if we are going through the day, kind of powering through, distracted every five seconds, you know, with an addiction, we have it. Most people are are addicted to their, their technology, to their smartphones. And so if we notice what happens if I put my smartphone in my drawer for 15 minutes and just notice what is happening. So do a little meditation and check in with your body and notice if you're, really anxious or if you're worried that you're missing something. So it's about noticing the impact that a choice has on us. Or maybe like to your point about dinner, you know, but sometimes putting the phone away at dinner and noticing how did that change our our conversation? Was I more present? Was I able to listen while I was listening? Was I, was I thinking about my phone the whole time? So it's teaching ourselves compassionately, right? We don't need to beat ourselves up about it. It's just kind of where we are in humanity. But I think it's about being curious about what happens if I do this or what happens if I do that. And we can take that from, you know, using our smartphones to pretty much any behavior, right. just curious about our behavior without judging ourselves and trying to understand ourselves um, a little bit better. Right.
0: It's kind of like the anxiety if you've ever left your house and realized you forgot your smartphone. It's like... (gasps) Oh my God, the world's going to end. And basically you can typically go grocery shopping the next hour without having your smartphone. And really probably nothing horrible is going to happen during that hour. But we all, we tend to go into that panic. So I think it's, it's everything you're saying just makes so much sense. So talk a little bit now about how, how mindful meditation does differ from other kinds of medic, uh, Uh, meditation because you're talking about the awareness so let's talk about that a little bit more
1: sure so mindfulness as an awareness practice uh, we we pay attention to what we call objects of our attention and it starts with the breath and we'll notice the breath and uh, the big difference right off the bat with mindfulness is that there's no breathing technique it's not pranayama, we're not controlling the breath, we're not, you know, alternate nostril breathing. And trust me, I love all of that when I go to Europe. Right. Mindfulness is an awareness of what is happening in the moment. So if we're paying attention to the breathe, to the breath, just noticing that we're breathing without needing to change it in any way and getting familiar with what it feels like to be breathing. And there's a whole guidance around that. And then it's being it's pretty obvious as you're sitting there trying to just sort of relax and pay attention to the breath that the mind is really busy. So then it's awareness of what are the thoughts going through my mind? And a big misconception is that people will often think that they're doing something wrong because they can't stop their thoughts. And the beauty and the power of mindfulness practice is that there's no need to try to stop anything. We want to skillfully be able to notice one thought at a time as it passes through our minds. And so there's a whole guidance around how we do that. So how do we tune into the breath? How do we become more familiar with the thoughts that are going through our minds? And also I always joke about it, you know, checking the internal weather. So what's the emotional landscape look like? How am I feeling right now? And just giving ourselves a little bit of space to tune in and notice emotions and sensations, right? So we oftentimes, I fear we live from here up. I'm holding my hand at my neck, like we're just ahead walking around because we spend all of our day in our head, heads and not so much in the body. And again, the beauty of mindfulness is that it helps us to check in and get familiar and befriend the body and get to know and and be more comfortable in our bodies and us, the surroundings. So See, I, Oh, go ahead. And around us. So mm-hmm. uh, breathing, thoughts, feelings, sensations, that's all happening within us. And then tuning into our environment and letting, you know, being aware of sound.
0: See, I love this approach because to me it feels like something I can successfully do. And I felt that every time I've been in the calls because there's no wrong thing about it. And I think in the past, my past efforts (laughs) haven't worked out so well with just trying meditation. It was things like breathing techniques and clearing every thought from your head, which I just, you know, Found impossible to do and then I would just give up which I think a lot of people do and just say I I can't do this this is is just not for me so to me this is such um, a different approach that makes sense and it's one that I think is a very doable practice that, um, that I hope to get better with for sure so let's talk about the benefits what does this do for you
1: for starters It helps us to shift out of fight or flight mode. Most people, especially these days with all of the incredible stressors that we face on on very big levels is just the impact of that exacerbates our own personal stress even more. So we're running around in this state of high alert and you can see it by how people are behaving So there's a reason for that. It's like when we're feeling threatened and when we're feeling all these strong emotions, the body responds, we go into protection mode. And so the heart rate is elevated and blood pressure is elevated and these stress hormones, adrenaline, cortisol are pumping through the bloodstream. So we're really in a state of reactivity And so when we stop and when we tune into our breathing and we give ourselves a slice of space, whether it's five minutes, 10 minutes, 15 minutes to pause, we literally shift out of this hyperactivity state, out of fight or flight mode and get back to what we call rest and digest. We smooth out the rate at which those stress hormones are pumping through the body. And we get back to homeostasis. We get back to a more balanced, calm state. And now we can think straight. (laughs) Now we know, okay, the next thing that I say is going to be thoughtful and hopefully not going to um, cause a problem or cause pain for myself or anybody else. Or it also helps us to take care of ourselves better. You know, when we're calm and we're thinking straight, it's like, hmm, what would be the most self-caring choice I could make right now? Do I need to stand up? Have I been sitting too long? Is it time to hydrate or eat a healthy snack or go for a walk? So the beauty of mindfulness and why I believe it's so empowering is that it's not just about the meditation. This is another place, place where people get tripped up. It's not just about the 15 minutes, it's about how if we do that regularly, how that informs how we go through the day, how we show up for our work, how we show up in our relationships, how we take care of ourselves. And um, as you had mentioned earlier, like the ability to focus and get our work done more quickly so we can go and do the things that we enjoy instead of having to do the same thing 10 times so it's effectiveness. It's more love in our lives because our relationships are better and it's a higher level of self self care and it's also improved health.
0: Well, all that makes such sense. And I I know I often feel like, you know, that little rat on that little treadmill that's running, 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 running. And you're doing so many things that you don't take that time to sit and pause. And that's when you get stressed for me. And that's when mistakes happen because we really can't multitask. And we know that, (laughs) but we try. So just taking those pause breaks and as i said that really resonated with me just makes so much sense so how often do you think people should take a pause break
1: well i think we have to meet ourselves where we are you know if you were not stopping at all 10 minutes could seem like an hour for some people and so i would say you know start with what People can manage, you know, whether it's one minute or five minutes, or maybe you can um, sit for 15 minutes. I think sitting by yourself is really hard because you don't know what to do. I can promise you that when I was going through my mindfulness teacher training, it took me about a year before I could wean myself off of the guided instruction because I didn't know how to sit and be with myself. So, I think that doing it in this and with a group, like meditating in a group, can be well. Very- that,
0: yeah, that's what I really like. I think you're, you're so true. I mean, I, I'm one of these people who has trouble sitting, but I have found it's very your 15 minutes seems to fly by in those Monday sessions when you're guiding us through, and it's very, very calming. So, we need to tell other people how they could sign up for these. So, it's Mondays at noon Eastern time. So, how do people? Um, sign up with you?
1: Sure. So just go to my website, Jones.com And there's a freebies tab. And you can sign up the zoom link is uh, the registration link is on the freebies tab on my website. And it's been really wonderful all through the pandemic. Uh, we've slowly built our community. And it's always a joy to welcome people in because we're all struggling with the same thing with as you had mentioned Cheryl how do you make this uh, become not just a habit but like your way way of living and sometimes doing it with other people in the support of a group and seeing each other's faces you know it's it's very enlivening and feels uh, supportive
0: It does. And you're a wonderful God. As I said, it's very, it's very soothing. And and each time I've done and I've thought, wow, the 15 minutes is up already. And by the time I go to open my eyes, you know, I don't actually even want to open my eyes usually at that point because I do close them. So because by then I'm pretty zoned out, which is which is a great thing. So I would encourage everyone listening. To try this, uh, believe me, you're going you're going to love it. You're going to get you're going to understand what we're talking about if you just take 15 minutes. We could all take once a week for 15 minutes and try this out. So before we go, I also want you to talk about your thriving circles. What are those about?
1: Thriving circles really came out of uh, this going through the pandemic and wanting to create something that was meaningful for. People, um, I found myself getting hired to do a lot of talks where there's like hundreds or thousands of people, you know, in an organization and just talking at people and people couldn't really ask me questions because there were too many and everybody was on mute. And I thought, how do I come up with something that would feel nourishing to people and help us to grow through these intense times? And so that was what of motivated me to come up with thriving circles and basically it's the same group of 10 people journey together over a 14-week period so we meet uh seven times every other week and we use mindfulness as as the underpinnings and as the foundation but it's not so much meditation it's that's what we do for homework if you will But the sessions are geared more towards how does mindfulness help us to live a fully engaged life in all of the different ways, spiritually, mentally, emotionally, physically, socially. So helping people to connect the dots between having a mindfulness practice and how it can make our lives so much uh, more meaningful and, and richer.
0: Well, those sound terrific and you are absolutely wonderful. So thank you so much for spending this time with us today. And I know you only really touched the surface, but we're also going to have a great article that you wrote too at the Three Tomatoes and we're going to have to have you back and talk more on this topic because there's it's really so fascinating but you really are terrific i can see now how you were named one of the 12 most powerful women in the mindful movement so we are so happy that you shared your uh your wisdom with us today and really helped i think to educate a lot of people on what what this all means and what it can really do for us so thank you so much and everyone should visit your website again it's thriving with CherylJones.com, and she spells Cheryl the correct way with the C, C H E R Y L. And we'll have this in, in our notes too. So thanks so much for joining me.
1: Thank you so much for having